Yo, this is Greg Capullo, man, and you're listening to Elegant Weapon. And you know who the biggest elegant weapon is? I can't tell you where it's located, but it's uh, got something to do with me. And Elegant Weapon is brought to you by Nemesis Studios. What are y'all doing in here? We're smoking reefer, and you don't want no part of this shit. An elegant weapon for the more civilized age. This is a journey into sound. The time has come. Join hands as we bring together our mystic powers. Cobra attack! Welcome to An Elegant Weapon, episode 153. My name is Jay, the Jedi Ross. Please excuse me while I flick my bick. I want you to take the Frankenstein shit, the deer shit, the green monster, the bling, and the bling bling, and I want you to roll it all into one joint. No one's ever been brave enough to try that. One man is. Roll it. Hello and greetings, children. Ooh. Ooh, that was a wee bit warm, that one. Welcome back to the show. It's good to be here with you again. Tonight, I shall be sitting down with yet another fine independent comic book creator. Tonight, I'm chatting with Mr. Greg Wright. He is a member of the Michigan Comic Collective, and he wrote a book called Wild Bullets. Super cool book. Uh, he wrote the whole story, but it's actually drawn up penciled up, lettered up by a whole bunch of different people. A whole bunch of very talented cats came together to bring his story to life. So tonight, I'm going to sit down with Greg, and uh, we're going to chat all about it. We're going to talk about comics, we're going to talk about Michigan, we're going to talk about Wild Bullets, we're going to talk about uh, this, this, and that. So, that's tonight's episode, kids. I hope you enjoy it very, very much, because I enjoyed chatting with Greg. Very super cool guy. Very talented guy, uh, as you'll hear. He's actually a professor in the field of literature and English and such, and uh, it shows in his book. It's a very well-constructed story. It's a super cool idea, and uh, very awesome artists came together to help make it happen. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, my conversation with Mr. Greg Wright. Uh, I've had many fine guests from the Michigan area. Uh, when I started this podcast several years ago, uh, another podcast was created right on the heels of this one, and that uh, that would be Drunk on Comics, and uh, made real good buddy friends with those fellas, and we've been tight for a couple years now, and that led to me going down to Motor City Comic Con a couple years ago, and I pretty much met everybody. And, uh, 
it's been insane the amount of talented, nice, genuinely awesome people that I have met through Michigan. It's an amazing place you got there. <laughs> I'll take 100% credit for it. So I'll say thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's unbelievable. Uh, I think I think we're close enough, Canada. Uh, with Mitch- Michigan is close enough to Canada that we can we can be nice like Canadians, I guess. <laughs> I feel very comfy when I'm there. It is uh, it is very Canadian esque, absolutely. It's you know, in fact, it's really strange, but physically, it's actually further north than I am here in Toronto. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of nuts that way, but uh, yeah. Um, yeah, so that's led to me meeting a lot of awesome Michigan people, uh, several of which have come from the Michigan Comic Collective, which, if anybody doesn't know, is a group of many, many artists and creators who got together, I think, in uh, 2014 or so. Yeah, yeah, uh, late winter yeah, 2014. And uh, why don't you touch on that a little, what the whole idea behind the actual Michigan Col- Comic Collective is? Okay, yeah. So, um, like you said, you know, been around for just under a year and a half here, and the Michigan Comics Collective uh, is a great hub for people, I mean, obviously in Michigan, but we certainly extend our network beyond, obviously, and uh, I like to think of it as for first-time and small-time comics creators, as well as established pros, to get together and see what ways they can help each other out. Uh, it's a non-profit organization and it helps get people started if they haven't got, uh, experience or they want to build experience with writing and, uh, penciling, inking, coloring, lettering, all, all of those tasks as well as the, you know, the publishing and marketing side of things with comics. Just trying to kind of come together and thinking that, uh, many hands make light work of it and, we put out an anthology last year, and then Wild Bullets, which I wrote, is the first one-shot comic, and uh, people are really getting excited. It's getting a lot of notice, and that's why I'm here today talking with you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. There has been uh, some really good buzz about the book. Uh, I received a privileged review copy, and I must say, it's fantastic. Um, Thank you. Every Again, bit I'll take credit it. for everything. <laughs> well, I, I'd heard about it going on, and I kind of knew it was happening. And uh, but there, you know, there's so much been going on in the past little while, especially coming out of Michigan. It's actually been hard for me to keep up. I mean, uh, just recently we had uh, the boys from up the river on, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I was talking to Josh Werner when I was down there in uh, in for Motor City very recently. What was that like last month? But yes. uh, Wild Bullets, it. It, to be honest, it kind of blew me away. I knew it was kind of a collected thing, but I had no idea exactly what it was going to be. And it's it's super, super rad. Why don't you take the kids through the actual premise of the whole collection here? Sure. Uh, it, it's working with a number of different artists, and the basic idea is that each character takes a turn telling the story and telling their own, own version of the story. And when they do, a different artist takes over and does it in a different style and in a different genre. So Wild Bullets, the bullets of the title is actually that their last name. They're a family, and they don't normally get along, and all the bullet siblings grew up to become pulp adventurers. So one is a detective, one's a mad scientist, one's a monster hunter, and <laughs> one's an archaeologist. 
and they don't normally hang out. They're pretty dysfunctional, but they decide to play nice and go to their parents' house for Thanksgiving. And when they do, as happens at Thanksgiving, there's a murder, and so then they are thrown into this situation. they got to figure out who killed the maid, uh, who's out to kill them, and they got to find a way to work together, even though their personalities clash and their genres mix, and uh, they have to find a way to solve their problems, and the biggest problem is finding a way to work together. It's 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 a really neat idea to, like, as much as, as you say, it's, like, kind of done in different genres, and uh, each artist kind of picks up the story in their own style, there's still something very cohesive about it. There's something very, even though you go from kind of some different extremes in there, it's... uh it's a very smooth transition. Like everything makes sense. Do you know what I mean? It's not just like a bunch of different artist styles for the sake of it. Like everybody kind of fits their moment in the collection. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 And I think there's a couple reasons for that. I think, uh, the big one is a shout out to Sarah souls who did all the colors and letters for the book. And she kind of makes it more cohesive, uh, as well as, you know, the artist's, uh, you know, I talked extensively about what the characters look like. I drew little sketches of them myself, and I'm not talented along those lines, but, you know, I wanted to have it be that, uh, people could tell just by looking who the different characters were, so it wouldn't be just like, okay, now, who's this guy with a monocle, and, oh, well, you know, why did this guy shave off his beard in this panel or something? Uh, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's it's cohesive, but also, like you're saying, it's distinctive, too, that you can definitely tell when the transitions are, uh, and, and I try to sort of, I think any good story in some ways teaches you how to consume the story uh, the best way possible, so I'm trying to make little transitions. Uh, Sarah Souls made up these icons for the captions, so that there's a fedora and a, and a spinning atom, and, uh, you, you know... Uh, a skull with knitting needles so that each of the characters before we transition into one of them we see oh okay here's the next person who's going to sort of take the baton and take over telling the story and kind of ease the reader into it right so when you're writing the thing did you write it as kind of one big piece or did you specifically write each portion for each artist i wrote it all as one single 35 page script uh that's how i wrote it but I was really careful to structure it beforehand to say, okay, I'm going to have a three-page intro, and each artist is going to have an eight-page section, and each character is going to take over. I'm like, which order do they go in? And uh, But that that actually wasn't very hard for me because I'm kind of a nut when it comes to structure, and I try to have everything very carefully planned out uh, to figure out how much space I can have and how much story I can tell in the, in the amount of like time and pages that I've got, right? Right. So does so did the collection come from did the story come from the idea for, you know, multiple artists or or vice versa? Like which which kind of came first? Did you think oh, it'd be cool to make yeah. a story with all these different artists involved or did you just kind of come up with the idea for the story originally? Well, yeah, this uh, kind of started last summer and what I started thinking about was, you know, wouldn't it be cool, you know, I love all these different genres and all this pulp stuff and wouldn't it be cool if there was a way that, you know, there was like a family and they could each identify as being a different genre. And then I thought, okay, well, each one of them can have like their own issue. And then there'll be, well, there'll be four issues and then a fifth issue to wrap up all the stories. And 
then uh, Travis McIntyre, who you talked to with mm-hmm. Up the River, yep, um, he is uh, the guy that you pitch to when it comes to the Michigan Comics Collective. He says, well, we're going to be taking pitches for one-shot uh, comics. And I said, well, how long can these be? And he said, oh, I don't know, like 20 pages to maybe as much as 35. I'm like, I got you a 35-page idea. <laughs> I'm like, I have one that was, I mean, it was a lot longer, but I'm like, I bet I can squeeze it down and just make everything completely all killer, no filler, and get it down to squeak this story into a single issue. That, I think that's a lot better than having it be five issues, because then people track it down, or they lose it, lose track of it, or forget about it, or miss an issue, or whatever. That's one this, impression. Uh, one, one and done. I actually kind of got that impression reading the book. I felt like, okay, this story is is compacted nicely. Like, you've you've timed it out and paced it well, and it, it feels like maybe you did a fair amount of trimming here and there to kind of make it, you know... Because as much as there's a lot of dialogue, it's not like monologue heavy. You know what I mean? It's right. not like massive explanations or you kind of let the story tell tell itself there. And, you know, was so how much self-editing did you go through basically with the story? Well, not not too much because I didn't really – I didn't wind up writing it as a multi-issue thing. I, uh, I wound up writing it – like I had this idea and I'm like, oh, that would work great for five issues. And I'm like, that's too big. You know, it's a lot better to have something that's shorter that you can accomplish and get done, which is the other brilliant thing about working with, with five artists like this, uh, four pencil and inker people because then – uh, they, their commitment is a lot less. You know, each of them does eight pages, except for Steve Shar, who did the opening three pages as well. And so that makes it a lot easier and a lot, uh, more streamlined and quicker to be able to get it done because it's not like one person has to go through 35 pages. Instead, they each have smaller, more manageable chunks. Right, um, right. Yeah. Yeah, very well organized is how I would put it, you know? The, it's a very well organized story. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So, uh, I hope I did that. <laughs> getting into the, okay, getting into the artists. Um, did you have any in mind while writing, or was it was it all pure just after hookups? You know what I mean? Oh no, I uh, I had started doing some of the outlining and structure stuff, and as I was doing that, I was uh, approaching each of these guys and saying, you know, oh, you know, would you be interested in doing? I'm like, okay, here's the four genres. We got science fiction, we got crime, we got horror, and we got adventure. And I had people in mind for things, and people said, you know, well, we, I want to take this section, I want to take that section. And uh, Steve Shar, who did the science fiction section, was like, oh, I really want to do the horror section. But I already had uh, Joe Frere uh, doing that section. And I'm so glad that that worked out, because I feel like Joe really brought a lot of humor to the horror section. I mean, it's not a horror section that you take seriously because uh, Steve Shar is also the artist for Up the River, which is a serious horror story. Yes. And uh, the ending of Wild Bullets is a horror section, but it's not meant to be like scary. It's meant to be kind of kind of goofy. And uh, so he did the Joe did this manga style, anime style of uh, of art. And Steve, meanwhile, uh, took on Archie Bullet, who is a mad scientist, and he just knocked it out of the park for this whole retro futurist. <laughs> yeah, that's one of my favorites. Yeah. Buck Rogers kind of thing, Buzz Lightyear almost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. East uh, genre is is familiar, but very original into itself. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And um, and Sean Steele is, you know, he comes from the sort of painting background, so I was like, oh, I really want to do the crime section. He kind of didn't want to do that. 
He's like, oh, I don't want it to be all cliche. And I'm like, no, no, it's far from cliche. It's going to be this very different kind of a thing, but just with your black and white gritty style. And then he accentuated it with some with some red for, you know, uh, like a, a, a bad guy's tie and, and all the bloodshot. Uh, well, not all the blood spurting out when people get shot. It looks gorgeous. Like, he did an amazing job. Like, everybody did an amazing job. But, yeah, it, it's particularly gorgeous here what Mr. Seal has done. It's Yeah, uh, you definitely notice his style. It's very distinctive. It's, it's I don't know, there's so much texture to it, too, you know? It's, yeah. Uh, he's got a real amazing command of his blacks and grays and gray tones and stuff. It's real treat to look at. But, you know, but f- just before that, you've got all these colors popping in your face, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> it's great. It's, uh, it's Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. Like, you know, I think, like, if they didn't get it from me explaining it, and I, and I show them the comic book, they flip a few pages, and they're like, whoa, wait a minute, this is something that's very different. And uh, and then we go from, from Sean to, to Jason Jimenez, and he, you know, he's done a couple, like, uh, action, kinds of comics. He did some crime comics. So I was like, oh, I want him to be on on Kelly Bullet, who is kind of like a female Indiana Jones. Yeah. Uh, and she's got you know this this very action adventure heavy section, and uh, and unlike Indiana Jones, she actually carries a shovel <laughs> that she uses <laughs> and uh, uses well. <laughs> and uses well, and she yeah. uses it as a, as a weapon, which makes so much more sense than a whip. I mean, I love Indiana Jones, but why would an archaeologist have a whip? You know, what is he gonna? Like, oh, I'll have these bulls dig it up for me. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, the styles are distinctive and very nice. Uh, let's go through it just to be, uh, specific here while I've got the list in front of me. So you begin with, uh, Steve Bullet, and that is art by Sean Seal. Yep. And then we got Kelly Bullet, who is by Jason Jimenez. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that right. And then Archie Bullet, as you said before, was Steven Sherrard. Uh, Minerva Bullet, is Joe Frere. Correct. And then all the colors and letters are Sarah Souls here? That's right, yeah. Okay. And she, credit where credit is due. Right, yeah. <laughs> she, uh, Sarah Souls and her husband, Tyler Souls, own Illustration Studios. So she does uh, some really, the two of them do fantastic work for illustrating and doing graphic design, colors, all that kind of thing. They're out of Grand Rapids, Michigan, and they're doing this full time, so... You know, oh, yeah. Shout out to them, but also, you know, if you are looking to get any kind of work done, they're top notch. They've also got their own comic book called um, Hank Steiner Monster Detective, which is also kind of a genre mashup. It's almost like uh, Frankenstein as a Hellboy guy, except I feel uh, like I've heard of that. Guy. Oh yeah, yeah, it's really great. It's yeah. it's a lot of fun. Very nice. Uh, the colors on the cover. The colors on the cover are done by Sean Seal. Okay. They, so that, uh, I was going to say, it's got that paint look to it, and the cover is just outstanding again. Oh, yeah. I love, love, love that cover. It just it makes me happy every time I see it. And I think the thing of it is is that, you know, I know people who do independent comics, and I've done other independent comics myself, and that's the thing that makes me the proudest about Wild Bullets is a lot of times with indie comics, it's kind of like, oh, well, we meant to do this, or we wanted to do that, and this... The art, there's no apologies, there's no excuses, there's no, whoops, we meant to do this other thing. It's just top shelf, very professional stuff that I feel stands 
uh, with anything else on the shelves today. That it, you know, it's 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 very high quality. I'd agree. It's 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 top quality. Absolutely is. Uh, this cover would make an, a sensational print. Like it's something that you could put on your wall, like just like the the maybe not the actual like title logo, but you know what I mean, like just mm-hmm. the, the the side character shots here. They're super well done. You're, but I I'll back that up completely. It's uh it's absolute top quality. You did a fantastic job with the story. Um, it it's it's not often you see this many people come together and do something you know quite so amazing. So. That's the exciting part about it is that it is kind of like a mini anthology, and what's different from like anthologies is that you know with the anthologies, there's usually a couple good ones and usually a couple duds, and I feel like this you know beginning to end it tells one story, so you don't get distracted by getting pulled out of it or liking one story better. I mean, you might like another character or a genre more than a different one, but uh, none of the pages really is sort of like oh well here's the thing I've got to sit through. They're all, uh, they're all very fast and, uh, fast paced and fun. And, uh, like you're saying, you know, I, that's kind of my writing style. I, I try to have a lot of things going on because I don't like to dwell on anything too long. I figure that artists for comic books are not saying to themselves, yeah, I really want to draw two people sitting and talking. You know, they're usually wanting something more dynamic. <laughs> well, it's, it's nice because you've basically got this main story that's threading through. Yet, in between each person's, you know, I guess, point of view or outlook or moment in the story, they kind of have a flashback. And you see something else that may connect or not. And that that kind of lends itself to, you know, a lot of variety here. You know, you're kind of getting, like, how many comic books in one. You know, it's It's a fantastic deal, if anything, you know. (laughs) Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, one of my one of my favorite pages in the book is one that Steve Shar did in uh, the Archie Bullet section, the science fiction section, where he's just going over some exploits that he's done. And in one page, you get space beetles and (laughs) merp people getting harpooned in the chest, zombies getting blasted in the face with a shotgun while uh, flying saucers reanimate the dead in the cemetery behind them and he's holding on to a chainsaw like ash and uh ash from the evil dead yeah, and then in the fourth panel of that page it's funny you say that because i thought that when i saw the page yeah <laughs> okay. oh, that's absolutely what i'm going for yeah all right, those, cool. those are all instructions that i put on the on the page you know and yeah. then in in the final panel he's got he's reanimating this gorilla monster with a skull for a head sort of like a robot monster old goofy z-grade horror movie yeah it's <laughs> that's just one page people that's just one page that's worth the money that you pay for it alone oh right? yeah i would have loved this comic book unto itself just this guy like uh do you think of that maybe do you, do you think of the future maybe uh one shots of you know just a particular character from the family oh i would love i would love to do that i'd love to tell i mean because i feel like each one of them uh they've got so much personality and so much story to tell that i could spin off in in any number of directions easily each person in this comic book, or pretty much all the main characters, could easily carry their own title. No problem. Oh, I, I'm glad you say that. And the parents, too. I, in my head, I've got all kinds of backstory about them as well, because um, they have their own sort of story pulp genres as well. The dad is a retired military hero, so you've got all the, the war story possibilities. That oh, I'd love tell. to see some. 
flashbacks of him back in the day causing some shit. That'd be fantastic. Oh, yeah, yeah, like Sergeant Rock style. Yeah, um, yeah. or like in The Simpsons when we got to go back and see uh, Abraham yeah. and the fighting hellfish. The fighting hellfish, <laughs> this is it's very much that idea. Like, okay, I, I would probably make it vague because I've kind of made the time frame of the whole story vague. But, yeah, doing some sort of... Uh, you know, it could be World War II, it could be the Korean War, it could be Vietnam, it could be anything, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. that doesn't think about the U.S. There's so many wars to choose from, right? <laughs> that, but you have done that. You've made it timeless, yet, uh, it feels like there's a time. Cause you want to say automatically, oh, it's kind of, it happened way back when. But then when you look at each specific character, you're kind of like, but when back then? Because, you know, with the whole, uh, Archie Bullet, you got like a very 50s, you know, pop feel to it. And then, like, you've got, you know, the noir with the Steve Bullet, and you've got the adventure with uh, Kelly Bullet. So, but they're, you're, you're right. I like how you've left it timeless, yet not completely. You know what I mean? It's It feels old, but you don't know when old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kind of like, I, I likened it unto, you know, uh, Batman, the animated series, where it it's maybe in the present day, but they've got Zeppelins and old-time radios and stuff like that, where... You know, they're going to see Zorro in the movie theater. There's So there's something about it that feels like, hey, this could be today, but it could also be really old. And, um, yeah, I, I kind of want to leave that vague. So the dad could just, it could be any war, right? He could go all the way back to the Spanish-American War, <laughs> fighting uh, yeah. really old time. And the, and the mom is, uh, is a masked cowgirl for some reason. And <laughs> even though her family knows who she is, she still wears the mask to thank <laughs> I love the bit about how Archie will create shit that goes crazy, so he has to shoot it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Everything, everything he makes is like, oh, boy, I hope I don't have to kill this one, too. How long did this whole project take from, like, start to finish? What's that? How long did the whole project take from start to finish? Uh, well, I wrote it mostly in the, in the fall, um, and it was kind of like a back and forth with the, the pitching process and, you know, recruiting the artists and things like that. But we really sort of started in earnest in January with the intent of having the May deadline for the Motor City Comic Con. And, uh, and that's the thing is that all of the artists, everybody was so into it that, uh, you know, we, you know, I, we had deadlines, but nobody was like, Oh boy, you're eight weeks beyond your deadline or anything like that. Everybody was like, we're going to run a tight ship here and get stuff done early and also trying to outdo each other. Like who could come up with the best pages, the fastest and all that kind of stuff. And right on. Yeah. It was a lot, it was a lot shorter of a time frame than a lot of projects that I've either worked on or known people to work on where it can take a while to kind of go through the mill, so to speak. Right, and it must have helped to have Travis there, kind of doing a bit of an edit process, yeah? Yep, yep. No, nobody wants to cross him because he's big and bearded and tattooed and everything. <laughs> he also kind of smells weird. I don't know if people on podcasts know that, that Travis kind of smell, has this distinctive <laughs> Travis McIntyre smell about him. I didn't, I pick, I didn't pick that up. <laughs> <laughs> That's mostly just me putting out a feeler to see if he says anything. No, he doesn't. He doesn't smell bad. Oh. <laughs> no, they're all good dudes, though. You know, it's uh, yeah. I enjoy talking to them on the show and hanging out with them at uh, Motor City. Were you there this year at Motor City? Yes, yes, um, I was. I'm sorry, I missed you. Uh, you know, d- definitely not miss you there next year. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's nothing. It was certainly nothing personal. I'm sure that uh, after Friday, I was just wiped out and went like right to the hotel and went to bed. 
and all that kind of thing. Because I was, I also had a book there called Monstrous. My artist for that is Ken Lamug, who okay. uh, is in Las Vegas. He's now with the Michigan Comics Collective, and we put this together uh, just really quickly. The, the basic idea behind Monstrous is that it's set in Frankenstein's Europe, so like the 1800s, and they've made it like the Wild West, except instead of cowboys and Indians, it's monsters versus robots. Nice. The monsters being like uh, criminals and the robots being on the side of law and order. However, the good guys aren't all good and the bad guys aren't all bad, but everybody's a little bit monstrous. That's the title. Ah. Yeah. I see what you did there. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and those are all one-shot stories, single-issue stories, with no characters um, staying the same. It's kind of like Sin City, where the, the main character is this setting. And um, so I had that at the Motor City Comic Con as well. And I had printed out like 200 issues, and we sold out of them in the weekend. And we were selling lots awesome. of bullets. And so I was talking with, I was just chat, chat, chatting with everybody. And so at the end of the day, I was like, I'm done talking. I'm going to speak now. <laughs> well, it's hard for me because the second I get there, it's 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 just intro, nonstop introductions, right? It's like I'll get to Michigan, I'll meet up with Derek of Drunk on Comics, and then it's a nonstop introduction train from Friday to Monday, right? So right. it's very very. I've only gone two years, so I'm still you know like I did really well the first year. I picked up names and faces, and I made some you know really cool new friends and you know facebooked and blah 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 so i've got you know most of the people but then i go again this year and i meet a whole new set of awesome people that i've got to like stick in my head so uh i plan to have a very long and illustrious adventure going on at motor city over the years it's a fantastic comic-con and uh it's an absolute absolute privilege to get to do press there every year you know so oh it's a lot of fun it's really it's always a good time and uh yeah, I love it. And I didn't get to talk with the Drunk on Comics people. I talked with them in, in past cons, but I didn't get a chance to do that. There was just no getting away from the table because it was nonstop talking with people literally the entire time. It's great for uh-huh. that. It's uh, There's a lot of good comic fans in Michigan, too, you know? like. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, and I like that this, they have, like, you know, they have, like, the media stuff and, like, you know, wrestlers and, and people from Walking Dead and stuff like that. And so that brings other people in, but it never feels like, oh, well, these are the comic people, so we're going to ignore them. Nor does it right. feel like, well, here's the media people, let's not talk, right? They they all kind of mix and, and get along pretty nicely. Hey, there's two things that, you know, can clue you into what an amazing Comic-Con Motor City is, and that's, A, they give podcasts press, and no. we are, if anything, probably one of the number one backers of independent comic creators out there. Yes. And far too little Comic-Cons let us do our thing. Meanwhile, I've seen little 15-year-olds with blogs and Spider-Man pajama pants get into cons because they write a bunch of reviews every day because they do nothing else. And it just drives me nuts. But anyways, Motor City recognizes, which is awesome. And they are so... They still have so much heart. You know what I mean? I mean, Miriam's fantastic. She runs the shit out of that show. Mm-hmm. And they care about every little aspect of the show. Everybody feels absolutely, like you said, not taken for granted, not ignored, nothing like that. And the amount of, you know, the caliber of artists in there. And you can always tell when when you see a lot of artists selling a lot of original art, that's a winner of a Comic-Con because they're yes. doing well. I was just recently at Denver Comic-Con and it was it's only a four-year-old con and it's so big already people kind of 
don't understand the difference nowadays between like a fan expo and like a comic con. Like, right. you know, there there should be a difference if you're gonna use that giant word comic because right. you know, good, <laughs> you know, Mark McKenna was there, Dan Jurgens, and like no one else I'd ever heard of. Not that the people weren't talented, but nobody was buying original art. You know, in a city where you, where they have a store like oh. Mile High Comics, oh, you think that there'd be mad collectors, and nobody was making any money right. off of it. They're just selling single issues. They don't make their money off that shit. They need commissions, mm. you know? Right, so, yeah. So, yeah. you know, get out there, kids, when you go to the cons. Sure, buy a book, that's great, but get some original art. It's going to do nothing but, you know, appreciate for you. And, you know, you got something beautiful to hold on to. So, that's what I always try to tell people, you know? Yeah, and... And also help the people that you care about too. Yeah, it's true. You know, it's uh, I've been very yeah, lucky. Yeah, yeah. I, and I, I also, as far as that goes too, that uh, yeah. You know, I've been very lucky because most of the stuff that's come across my table, most of it is amazing. Oh. Is high quality stuff that I don't mind getting behind at all. Once in a while, you get a book, and you know you're kind of like, eh. <laughs> but I've been very lucky, and you know I try to keep your day job, right? <laughs> well, yeah. Well, it's more that you try to be pos. Like I try to keep this show fairly positive, right? Like I'm not here to bash anything, and there's no negative reviewing, and we're just here to celebrate what I like. And luckily, right. <laughs> you know, I like Wild Bullets, so it works out well. And I like most of the stuff that comes out of Michigan, not just good people. But, you know, amazing talent and people from around wherever, you know, like, I mean, I, I still can't get over Sean Seal's stuff sometimes. It's just it's it's off the hook, you know, it's. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really cool of him to get involved and everybody who did. Yeah, it was like the perfect storm of talent you got together for your story here, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, he and I are actually putting together a, a short for the second anthology from the Comics Collective. Uh, it's called Honor Among Thieves, and it's kind of like a riff on Conan the Barbarian, uh, except it's sort of like, what if Conan the Barbarian were a single father to a headstrong teenage daughter who's the brains behind his, the heists that he pulls? Oh, and, uh, what? <laughs> he's already, he's already knocking it out of the park. I'm so excited to see what he comes up with, so. <laughs> That's a hell of a premise. <laughs> yeah, well, it's another one of those things where it's like, I could make this. 50 issues and they're like well you could write an eight page story i'm like i could do that too <laughs> there's nothing i love more than a crazy premise one of the favorite ones i ever heard is a comic out of toronto here it's called yuki versus panda and it's a story about a little girl one day went to the zoo with her grandfather i think it was it's been a while forgive me because it's been a long time since i read that first origin issue but basically, she goes to the zoo, I think with her grandpa, and she does something to piss off a panda. And years later, she grows up, and this panda escapes from the zoo to seek revenge. And uh-huh. it's it, it, I heard that premise, and I was just like, done, done, give me the book. I, I didn't even flip through it. I just bought the book. I was like, done. And luckily, the book was fantastic. It's hilarious. It's kind of like a play on manga. Uh-huh, and, uh-huh. uh But just, I love a whacked out, pre- pre- you know, premise like that. It's not enough original stuff going on, you know? Yeah, I think too often people are kind of like, oh, you know, if, if I tell any kind of story, that will, that will bring people to it. But it's kind of like, I mean, think about how, I mean, writers will do this, you know, and it's sort of like, 
you know, you don't just walk into a comic book shop or any bookstore or anything like that and just say, oh, look, somebody made a thing. I'll read it. No, you gotta, you gotta want to spend some time in that world and have, like you're saying, some sort of crazy premise and, you know, a, a revenge fueled panda who sees everything in black and white. <laughs> I had to do it. Uh, and that's the kind of thing that gets people, oh, I'm excited. I haven't, I haven't seen that a thousand times. So I, I want to know more about what's coming next. Yeah, it's fun. It's uh have you always been a writer? Has that always been an interest of yours or Yeah, yeah. I started writing at a at a really young age. My earliest work was very derivative because it was called uh The Ghostbusters Save New York and was <laughs> completely based on the Ghostbusters. No, that was when I was a little kid. Hey, nothing wrong but, with starting uh, with fanfic, right? <laughs> yeah. All right, right. And, and, uh, and I did, I would make like these one panel comics. I was like obsessed with that and thought, oh, I'm very talented at art, but I'm not so talented at art. And, uh, <laughs> then I went on to do writing, uh, in, in college and in graduate school. Uh, and what I, that's what I do now is I teach writing. Uh, oh, I'm, a, right on. I'm a professor at Dav- uh, Davenport University in Michigan. And, uh, so I'm, I'm teaching writing, like mostly composition type stuff. But I've taught screenwriting and creative writing and lots of other stuff at, uh, at places like Kalamazoo College and Michigan State and stuff like that. Wow, that's cool, man. You're a real professor. <laughs> yeah, so it's something I'm, I'm really, I'm really excited about it and I want other people to get excited about it too and, uh, and I'm not saying, you know, I, I, I'm not, I didn't trot out my credentials to be like a jerk about it or whatever, but. No, no, um, no, it's good to know, and I'm not surprised to hear it, because, I mean, I'm not just trying to toot horns, like, it's really well written, it's, it's really, really well put together, like, uh, it's, 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 it's great, it's, you know, I don't want to just sit here and blow smoke up its ass, or, you know, just go on about how awesome it is without, you know, going into it too much, but it is, it's great. Well, thank you, thank you, I, uh, you know, and, and I think, but like, like I, like I was saying, it's, I, I wasn't bringing up, you know, the, the PhD or whatever, or being a professor or anything to, to say that. It's, you know, I really believe that, that everybody's got a story in them. And, you know, I want people to tell the stories they want to read and the stories they want to hear and, and all that kind of stuff. So. It's, uh, it's, I'm not surprised. It's just, it's well constructed and, uh, it's it's good stuff, man. It's I, I don't know how to say much more about it without spoiling it or going too deep into a story. But kids, you need to. Oh, you can spoil you know. it. You can spoil it. There's a baby. <laughs> Whenever people talk about spoilers, I'm like, yeah, they kill a baby at the end. There's there's actually no baby in this story. But uh. so where are where are we with it? Like, because I know I got a review copy. So does that mean it's not officially out yet, or is it has it has it been released or? It has been released. It has been released. We sold we sold print copies at Motor City Comic Con, and uh, the print copies are, are five bucks a piece. And if you're in the Mid Michigan area, you can get that from uh, the cap- the uh, the comic book shops that are nearby. Steve Shar actually owns Toys Comics in Saginaw, so people can buy copies there, and he'll sell- sign it right there at the register. But uh, if you're in Midland, Michigan, or Bay City, Michigan, at Midland, Michigan, you can get it at Collector's Corner. And in Bay City, you can get it at Cashman's Comics. But for all the people listening to this on the World Wide Web, you can buy a $1.99 digital download that has Wild Bullets, 
And we're running a deal right now that if you buy Wild Bullets digitally for $1.99, then you can get the entire first volume of the Michigan Comics Collective Anthology. So that's like over 200 pages worth of comics for, you know, about two bucks, which is a really a great deal. And I'm really excited that, you know, I've got the backing of the Comics Collective to say, look, we want to make Wild Bullets a success for people. And so if anybody is sitting on the fence, you can say, wow, that's, that's a good deal. I'm not a math guy, but that's the, the math definitely works out on that. Well, it, I, I gotta say, kids, don't let this one slip by because it almost slipped by me. To be perfectly honest, uh, just because there's there is there's a lot of amazing shit out there. Uh, people are doing some awesome stuff in the comic book world, and when you have a podcast where you often feature independent comic book creators, there's, yeah. a, there's a lot that come by your plate. You know what I mean? So uh I'm really glad you guys reached out to me and uh you know I was able to get my eyes on this shit because you guys have done a fantastic job as I've said probably about 80 times so far in this uh conversation. Oh I got hold on time out. I, yeah. That doesn't get old with me. That never gets old with me. I don't know about the other <laughs> listeners but you can as far as I'm concerned you can keep saying that. I don't get bored. <laughs> it's it's all around good. Like I'm even I'm sitting here trying to be critical of it. Like uh it's not too long. Like, it's, it's the perfect length. It's, you know, the perfect input from each artist. It's, it's, it's cohesive. It's, uh, interesting. It's got a little bit of everything. It's got funny parts. It's got action parts. It's got scary parts. It's got tiny little bit of romance in there. And, you know, what else do you need? It's the kind of the whole fucking package. And, uh, it's an amazing showcase for all the people involved. So, uh, good on you for that, too, you know? You're, you wrote a really good story that brought together some amazing artists, and what else can you hope for, you know? Yeah, I'm really fortunate and really lucky to, to work with them, and, uh, I'm really, I think, I think all of them as well are involved with, like I said, the second anthology from the Michigan Comics Collective. We've also got a horror anthology coming out in October for Halloween. It's called 13 Little Hells. Nice. And, uh, it's, also shaping up to be a phenomenal, uh, very cool package. Uh, David C. Hayes is editing that, and he's done a number of independent horror uh, books, comics, movies, everything. And I'm I'm lucky enough to be working with Joe Freire again on that, on sort of a goofy horror story that is called Cubicle of the Demon God. <laughs> and in that, it's kind of like Shaun of the Dead for white-collar cubicle dwellers. So these two slackers who are friends... You know, have to stop this, uh, demon cult from taking over the world at their office. And it's, it's a lot of fun. It's goofy. It's silly. They also have an elaborate conversation about Phil Collins's, uh, invisible touch. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> Which is a very Tarantino-esque conversation, right? Where it's like, let's yeah, just yeah, yeah. Out and talk about invisible touch in this you know, in this atmosphere where people are getting, you know, murdered and there's this weird, you know, sort of sex cult demon god. <laughs> I feel you completely. What were your influences? What, uh, what, what sparks your, uh, flame as a writer? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm all over the place. I, in, in terms of, in terms of comics, I really love like all kinds of silver age stuff as well as golden age stuff. But, you know, in terms of contemporary stuff, I, I really like basically any of the stuff where the story comes first and it's I like it to be fast paced, I like it to be exciting and I guess I'm not really sure which kind 
kinds of people I, I want to name check. I guess I'll say Brian K. Vaughn, which is kind of a stereotypical answer. <laughs> it's it's stereotypical but, for a reason. The guy man. puts out work. Yeah, yeah. Still there? Still got you? Yeah. I'm here. Yep, yep. I might have lost you there for a second. I'm not sure. Uh, it's well, there are blips over the international waters and such, but uh, <laughs> we're like five hour drive away from you. <laughs> right. Yeah. But uh, yeah. <laughs> I've had a really fun string of writers lately. Actually, they've kind of taken the forefront uh, ever since Motor City, because uh, Dirk Manning was uh, kind enough to let me moderate his uh, right or wrong panel. And that was a lot oh, of fun. Cool. So, uh, and he had been on the show a little bit before. And we chatted with Miss, uh, Casey Pierce of her recently released, uh, Pieces of Madness, uh, little collection of horror stories. And, uh, who else? I had John Ostrander and mm-hmm. Kevin J. Anderson recently I got to talk to in Denver. So, yeah, you're, uh, you're, you know. That's good company you're taking to be in. your part in, yeah, and it's, Good lineup, eh? <laughs> right, right, right. Although you gotta watch out for these writers. They're parasites. They're, They're ex- horrible. Writers are, I find the difference between writers and the artists is the writers are so much more actually business focused. Like, they're so much more, it's, it's always the writer who takes on like the, the emotional impact of having to create a comic book or put one out, whether it's press or touring or doing shows or doing interviews, I always right. find it's it's definitely the writer who takes the emotional brunt of the actual, you know, like the the footwork. After yeah, the yeah, been that makes sense. That yeah. makes sense. I think also the writer is more likely to to ask to borrow money. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I think part of it is the length. I think a writer puts, uh, nah, I don't want to say, it's not more effort. I don't want it to sound like that, but they do put more time, maybe, into uh, their work than an artist may have to, right? It, depending on the piece, of course, you know, some vary. Some artists may take forever or, or whatever, but I always, you know, it almost seems like it's more of a time investment when you're a writer to, you know, you can well, screw up a line on a picture, yeah. maybe deal with it, or I don't like that, but... When you kind of get stuck in a place in your head, like you, you ever have those moments where you get where you're just like, I don't know where to go with this. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Barton Fink type stuff, right? You know yeah, where yeah, uh, totally. you get balled up at the head office. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's because like as as you're creating this story in your head, you're almost living it, right? So mm-hmm. you're almost you're you're kind of you're trying to feel these emotions of these ideas and these lines and these you know twists and turns that you're writing. And, you know, it could be, it could be a taxing, man. It could take a toll. Yeah. So uh, you're, yeah. you're, you know, it's so much your baby when you're done with it that you just want the world to share. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know about time, time wise, it might, I don't know. I would, I wouldn't want to necessarily fill out a time sheet as to who's spending more time per se, but uh, I would say that uh, a lot of people who haven't written something will think, oh, you know, writing is easy. And, for me, writing is the thing that I'm most excited about. But you know, once you have something written, that's not the end of it. As you're saying, you got to go and tell people about it and get promotional stuff and you know, yakety yak and blah 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 about everything. <laughs> yeah, and you're just you're all you're just so invested into what you're like. You know, I what I would get out of most artists is when they're done something, it's like, what's next? What am yeah. I drawing next? What's the next page? What's the next book? What's the next panel? Whatever it is. 
artists want to draw. They want to draw, 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 draw. It's all they want to do. They don't care about it. Give me a good story to draw, unless you're like a you know a writer, artist, creator. Uh, you know, I I just find that's kind of the focus. You know, but the writers, it's it's so much more your baby when you guys create a book. You know, it's adorable. <laughs> I, I I like I like I like thinking about myself as being adorable. I'm thank I'm thankful that you said it that way. <laughs> well, you know, as opposed t- to like yeah. obsessive or disturbing or creepy or. <laughs> well, I would uh, say eight out of ten times, if I approach or I'm approached by a team, an artist, and a writer, it's the writer I end up talking to. Like okay. by a uh, huge percentage, a huge percentage, the the writers are always way more willing to get into a conversation about the book than the uh, than the artist is. Oh well, I think one thing is that you know, like you're saying, the sort of salesman aspect of it, that the the writers are sort of the role is kind of like, hey, you get got got to get out there and talk about this. Uh, that said, I would you know. I love all of the artists that I'm working with on Wild Bullets, but I wouldn't mind them getting off their asses and doing some podcasts, you know. <laughs> no, they do. They do. They do. They do get on podcasts and they do talk about the book, but, uh, you know, uh, I think I'm always, I'm always happy to have people help spread the word whenever it happens. <laughs> hey, uh, it's, uh, you guys make it easy for me. You know what I mean? It's, it's never hard for me to find someone to talk to. There's always somebody who wants to talk about something cool out there, so. You know, and this is if any of you artists or writers out there, it's one of the things that uh, Dirk Manning said at the beginning of that right or wrong panel was, hey, you indie comic artists, we podcasters, we're your best friends. We that is, that is 100% true. That, yeah. is, that is true. Because you never know, like, I, you know, I'm in my basement talking right now, but I don't know who I'm talking to, and it could be anybody, and it could be any of those people who are listening that, you know, buy the book or make the connection or say, oh, okay, this is who that other guy is. Uh, I had a kind of fun experience the other day when I went, went to the movie theater and I went with my friend and we saw Mad Max Fury Road and oh my God, I loved it. I went nuts over it. <laughs> right uh, on. And, uh, uh, and he, he got his ticket after me at a different, you know, at a different color or whatever. And then uh, it, was, it was a teenager, and the teenager says, hey, to, to my friend, he says, is that the guy who, write, who wrote the comic books over there? And I was like, he came and told me that afterwards. I'm like, that's pretty exciting to have somebody be like, oh, I know that guy. He wrote that comic book. And, uh, you know, I, I, was, I wanted my friend to be like, okay, point him out which one, and I'll go get one out of the trunk of my car, and I'll sell him. <laughs> right? But, but it, it was cool to get recognized and, to, you know, because you don't know what it is when you're trying to put the word out, where it's going to connect with somebody and what what's going to be the tipping point for them to hear it and say, oh, yeah, I want to buy a copy or I want to talk to my friends about it or I want to write a review or, or whatever, you know. Yeah, it's it's always a happy accident for me that, that comes out of doing the show is because I just I love a good conversation. I love to. You know, read a book, see a movie, do whatever, and then have a great convo about it. You know, I don't try to get too serious around here. I just talk about the things I like. Star Wars, comics, cannabis. What else do you need in life, right? <laughs> so, you know, it's uh, it's cool because I'll actually get feedback of people who have been introduced to something through me just wanting to talk to somebody. And all of a sudden, somebody's like, hey, I checked out that comic. It was awesome. Or... uh there's a guy in Ireland, and his new favorite band is the Slackers because he heard them on this show. What's up, Padraig? 
shout-outs. There you and, go. You know what I mean? And just little things like that, like just tiny little connections. You know, one little person says one cool thing, and or I'll be at the comic shop, and uh, somebody, one kid the other day asked me what my, uh, he's like, excuse me, are you on Twitter? I was like, yeah. He's like, what's your name? And I told him, I'm Jedi Ross, and he was like, and you do that show? I was like, yes, I do. <laughs> yeah, there you, know? you go. Right on. <laughs> But yeah, it's but it, it's like your car is double parked. You got to move it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. It's uh, but it's cool when I hear somebody say something like, "Oh, I got into this comic, or I heard about this," you know. So it's a rewarding thing. So hopefully, I hear that from a bunch of you kids out there. Hopefully, uh, you get back at us on the twitters at AEW Podcast and let us know how you enjoyed Wild Bullets because you gotta go get Wild Bullets. It's uh. Super fun, and there's a little bit of something for everybody in there. Um, yeah, Mr. Wright, would you like to uh, throw out there any shout-outs or toss-outs or uh, mentionings that uh, you may have on your mind? Yeah, well, I, I like I like how you've made this required reading. Like you've just given everybody homework. <laughs> You're like, you oh, gotta go okay. out and you gotta buy it. It's on the syllabus. No negotiation. Buck up. And well, do it. I assume if you listen to this show, you value my opinion. So. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So, so you're you're the professor now. Or you're, you like to just listen to me make a jackass out of myself? It's one or the other. Right. So yeah. Either way, go check out Wild Bullets. Yeah, and I guess you know, just again to reiterate what I've been saying throughout, I really am lucky to be, uh, and very fortunate, very happy, and very proud to be working with with all these great people with with Travis McIntyre and Sarah Souls, Joe Frere. Jason Jimenez, Sean Seal, and Steve Shar. They're all really great, really high quality people, professionals, and uh, I'm so excited that we've got this thing that, like I said, really does stand on its own and people are recognizing it, people getting excited about it and love to help spread the word. And oh, like I said, the uh, Comics Collective, you can get them at michigancomicscollective.org. And the website for Wild Bullets is wildbullets.blogspot.com. And uh, the comic is up on Drive Through Comics right now. It's in the process of being submitted to Comixology. Very so nice. So get that for all your different devices. Uh, and like I said, it's just, I don't know if it's for a limited time or how we're running this special, but, you know, like I said, for $1.99, you can get Wild Bullets and the first anthology volume. So that's a heck of a deal. Uh, I can give you the link to that, but it's also on wildbullets.blogspot.com, uh, the website. Um, but, uh, Jay, if you want me to give that, I can give it to you. The, I don't know the company, the podcast, or, or whatever. Oh, uh, there's kids. You go to www.anelegantweapon.ca, and all the links he just mentioned, I'm going to make sure that they all get put up there when this episode is posted. Uh, so, yeah, make sure you click all those links and check it out, because... Uh, good luck in the future with it. I hope something oh, comes of it. I would be very, very excited to see what newness may come out of this kind of this uh, family of madness that you've created. It's uh, oh know. yeah, yeah. I I've got I've got a Christmas story idea to follow up the Thanksgiving oh, one. Oh, that's I, perfect. I really want to you know have revisit the Bullet family again, and uh, it, you know it's it's hard like you're saying because I want to I want to tell each person's story. I want to tell all their stories. If I had my way, I'd then probably... do it. Do it, man. Oh, do yeah. it. Just do it. <laughs> well, I wasn't gonna do it until you started shouting. <laughs> Shia wants you to do it. Do it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. 
Or, uh, or Arnold, right? Do it now! Do it now! <laughs> Good times. Uh, take a hint from all these crazy Michigan bastards, kids, and keep making comics. Uh, Mr. Wright, it's been an absolute pleasure to have this conversation with you, sir. Okay. Thank you so much, Jay. I was, I really appreciate the chance talking with you and thanks for helping spread the world about what, spread the word about Wild Bullets. Hey, it's my pleasure. It's a high quality book, kids. Very entertaining, very fun, and there's a lot of very talented people involved that you should be supporting. So, uh, check that out. Again, that's Greg Wright. He's the writer of Wild Bullets. Uh, all those links are going to be up on an elegantweapon.ca. That is all we are going to have this week on an elegant weapon, kids. Take it easy.